Five on five in five. It is November 2nd. Thanks for joining us here on the podcast. Once again, Fletcher Keogh, Kelly Rippin, Stephen Albritton here with you with today's headlines. And it is another chilly start, but a very busy day. We have a lot of headlines really to get to today. You're going to have to cut that out. <laughs> my I, my delay in uh, attention and trying to figure out my thoughts. <laughs> or I just leave all of that in. That's, <laughs> yeah, that's fine. You know, do we know I don't have pride? Yes. <laughs> Let's talk about the forecast. So, another cold start. Yes, we have that. Here's the deal, though. We see 60s, 60s, 60s coming, um, which is great news because I'm not ready for this just yet, and I need I need to know that there's a little glimmer of, of warmth still to come. Hope on the horizon. Yes. I know it's going to start to go away, but I, I just it's I, I need that ease into the colder months. So for the next couple of days, we've got a nice warm up. The mornings will obviously still be cold, but then warming up into the 50s today, the 50s, high 50s tomorrow, 60s by the weekend um, should be really nice. Weather should be fantastic. A couple chances for showers, but very minimal. Um, those don't move in until Monday. So all of your kids sports, your high school sports, your college sports, your professional sports, if you are heading down to the stadium or watching on WLWT Sunday night, uh, should be good to go. Okay. That's the weather forecast brought to you by meteorologist Randy Rico, and so eloquently told to us by eh, Kelly Rippon, eh. of course. Two degrees of separation there. Yeah. Two <laughs> Upstairs to downstairs. We're using eloquently. <laughs> Eloquently, very uh, liberally there. (laughs) (laughs) Five on five and five. You guys all know the rules. Five stories on Channel 5 in five minutes. Fletcher, our first headline, please. Yes, our first headline. uh, uh, Developments from the story we brought you yesterday morning. um, The Martin County collapse in eastern Kentucky. Uh, After we recorded and posted the podcast, we learned that one man had died. Uh, Rescue workers are still searching for another man 24 hours after an 11-story coal plant collapse on the two of them. Yeah, I think a lot of us see the pictures we finally got from our sister station out of Louisville who sent the chopper out there that it really had 9-11 vibes to it, just the way it just collapsed down on itself. So terrifying for everybody involved, but um, Kentucky mobilizing as they have done so many times for so many different disasters over the past couple of years. We actually have a couple of uh, firefighters from the Covington Fire Department who have responded to assist in the recovery effort. You know, it was so sad. We talked about it yesterday. They were able to get in contact with one of the people trapped, but unfortunately that man has passed. Hopefully they can dig their way down to the other man and get him out safely as well. But when you have 11 stories of concrete and steel on top of this person, they have to be very careful as far as what they move, how they move, when they move it, because they don't want the firefighters obviously going to uh, to rescue this man uh, to get hurt themselves. So uh, another update is scheduled for 10 a.m. today. We're recording this podcast here at about 740. So uh, look for updates on that throughout the afternoon. Our second story this morning, another kind of continuing story that we're uh, bringing you all week. Uh, more Operation Save a Life updates, and again, we keep talking about it because we're running this campaign in conjunction with the Bengals-Bills game, and the big kind of pull to this is we're trying to not only raise money for a great cause, but keep that money in the community so one of your neighbors might save you or your loved one's life. So important. Um, Just spent the last probably 30 minutes kind of compiling all this information so that people can understand why this is so important. So um, just keeping in mind, seconds matter, minutes matter, everything has to go very well in order for someone to be saved, uh, provided all the, you know, circumstances are set up for that. But um, 
the training, we don't want there to be a financial barrier to getting that training. That's one part of it. But also having more people have this training is only going to be beneficial to our community. So as DeMar Hamlin returns, we saw how important those seconds were to getting him back to being an NFL player a year later, less than a year later, which is just crazy to think about. Um, So we have several stories on our website, WLWT.com, about local coaches who encouraged their other coaches to get trained. They then saved his life. Uh, Just thinking about us being out and about in the community. If you're at the grocery store and someone goes down and you have that training, those seconds while someone else goes to call 911 that you can jump in and potentially help could end up saving that person's life. So, um, yeah, learning from Jatera about the increase in use of AEDs, that story is also on our website. And then tonight, hearing from the doctors who saved Damar Hamlin on WLWT, just uh, incredible storytelling going on all week leading up to Sunday night's game. And this morning, Meredith Stutz uh, took us inside the Brighton Center, one of the local places where the money from Operation Save Life will be going to. Um, but yeah, really looking forward to that story to talk about the people who sprung into action for those precious minutes and seconds moments after Hamlin went into cardiac arrest back in January. Our third story is breaking. Right now, we're still learning some new information. Two of the biggest uh, two of the country's biggest amusement parks have agreed to merge, and Kings Island is one of the impacted parks. Absolutely. So we're talking about Cedar Fair Entertainment. They own Kings Island and Six Flags. If you've traveled the country, you've probably driven past one of those um, in your lifetime, but they are merging. Press release just went out uh, within the last probably hour or so that it's all officially done. They're holding a conference call at 8.30 to talk more about that. But Kings Island owns 13 parks. Six Flags, I think, owns uh, 70 or 27. If they own 70 parks, that'd be quite a bit. But 27 parks in in uh, North America. Uh, last year, SeaWorld Entertainment offered to take over Cedar Fair, but they rejected that. Uh, the new company will operate under the name Six Flags, but will keep significant finance and administrative operations in uh, Sandusky, Ohio. That's up where uh, Cedar Park park is so we did reach out to kings island the park itself no comment from them right now obviously waiting for the big conference call at 8 30 so uh, big news in the amusement park world yes very much so um yeah interesting because uh cedar fair actually technically the bigger more valuable bigger in terms of value company but six flags probably the more well-known brand name so they'll be keeping that but shareholders from cedar fair actually getting just a bit more um in the merger our fourth story this morning, sad news in the sports world last night, uh, saying goodbye to a legend, former Indiana, Texas Tech, Army, head basketball coach Bob Knight died at the age of 83. Yeah, an Ohio native, he played at Ohio State, then became a coach, first at Army, as Fletcher just mentioned, then turning the Hoosiers into just a power. I mean, you hear college basketball, and he's one of the first names that you come to think of. So uh, he was there in 75-76 as that Hoosier squad remains the most recent to go undefeated in a regular season and then win a national championship. He also led the 84 U.S. team to Olympic gold. Obviously, you know, as kids of the 80s and 90s, we we followed a lot of that and still were excited about that as we were growing up. So, uh, I mean, the, the quotes, the videos – have been so fun to look back on and I think he knew his legacy on the way out um, but they said he died peacefully with his family by his side 902 wins the sixth most by a D1 head coach in NCAA men's basketball history of course you'll see lots of tributes and remembrances of him throughout the rest of the week especially as we enter the start of the college basketball season next week and finally how about some preps action for your Thursday morning the Molar Crusaders have rewritten the OHSAA history book Stephen yeah how about this they <laughs> I mean, when we read the stat this morning that they had so many shutouts, 21 and 22 games of this year, 
they only gave up one goal. And that was against Walnut Hills in the season opener. And then they said, Back nope, in August. Yep. We're locking this down. No more goals uh, for anybody. So congrats to Moeller as they move on to, I believe, regionals. Or their fourth trip to regionals right now. Uh, the regional final, yeah, yes. Yeah, moving on to the regional final. They beat Centerville last night, one nothing. So congrats to Moeller. They'll be facing St. X, who they beat 2 nothing uh, last month. So uh, good luck to them. And have outscored opponents 29-0 in the postseason, thanks in part to a pair of 10-0 victories for the first two games. Yeah. Insane. Run it up. They, they know how to score goals out there <laughs> at Mole. Congrats to them. All right, that's Fletcher. That's Kelly. I'm Steven. We will see you tomorrow. Uh, this is Fletcher's Friday. Fletcher's during weekend. See you on Monday. <laughs> Just Kelly and I tomorrow. We'll see you.